Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. I've got Anthony back with me again. Hello. And we're going to try something different, since we always just kind of go off topic and talk about random tangents. This is going to be more of a free talk episode. We're just going to talk about whatever, so... Let's start with this. Anthony, what games have you been playing lately? Uh, really, I only have been playing Smash Brothers with my friends lately. I do have some of the newer Switch games, like Luigi's Mansion 3, but I haven't really been able to sink my teeth into it yet. Hmm. How about yourself? Well, I'm kind of doing this awkward juggling act of a bunch of really long games at the same time. That sounds like a lot to ask of yourself. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, thing is, I, I keep promising one of my friends that I'm finally going to play Okami HD. Okami. But Didn't th- we do an episode about that? Uh, Very early on, but it's worth revisiting. But uh, I was going to do that, but then I played Breath of the Wild instead. <laughs> and then I got a PlayStation 4 so I could play Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts has always been a good way to sell PlayStations, in my opinion. Kingdom Hearts is the reason I've bought PlayStations 2 through 4. (laughs) Other than that, now that I have a PlayStation 4, I've also picked up the Final Fantasy remake and Persona 5 Royal. And those are both RPGs, so you can imagine those are some time investments. Now, is that just like a special edition of Persona 5? Uh, it's a remake, but with more content added in. I get you. It's the Pokemon Yellow of Persona 5. (laughs) Good analogy. So, that's what I've been up to when I haven't been slacking off on video games to work on personal projects. (laughs) It's just a lot harder to get into the video games these days. I have a fairly forgiving work schedule, if I can be honest about that, but even then... I just find that I don't have the willpower to play games on a lot of days. I'd rather just focus on my creative endeavors and stuff. Usually I just end up surfing YouTube and Reddit. Yeah, that too. (laughs) But see, the thing is, I kind of need to keep playing video games because I have a podcast about video games. You might have heard of it. It might be pretty beneficial, yeah. So you said you were playing Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, all the time. Uh... What characters do you like to play in that game? Because you kind of moved out around the time the fourth game was still going, and that was a long time ago. I don't know what your Smash Brothers habits are anymore. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I was trying to be a Little Mac main for a while, and it... His reputation caught up to you? They did my boy dirty. He's got no recovery. I, it's, it's, as much as it pains me to admit, I can't keep doing it like that that was the selling point too which is really shameful thing is oh yeah he's really good at ground combos but he can't get back onto the stage it turns out that's a little too important to skimp on yeah i mean you can get creative with it but that's a whole other level of gameplay that i can't achieve little mac can't ever be really good until they drastically change him or drastically change the game just give him wings and it's all fixed. But uh, after that, I'm usually either Ness or Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. In this house, we respect Banjo and Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, I'll tell you what really got me onto NES was the target practice for Smash Melee. Oh yeah, we played a lot of Melee back in the day, but not enough to be the tournament players or anything. We oh, just, of course not. We just goofed around in Melee. But uh, needing to get good with Ness's tactics to get all of the targets kind of stuck with me. I liked being good at someone that not everyone was. Hmm. I felt special. I remember back when we played Brawl together, you mained Wolf a lot. Wolf. Oh, Wolf. Uh, I think he's changed too much for me to really get much enjoyment out of him. His uh, blaster is, also has like a close range, just uh, melee aspect to it. Oh yeah, they uh, have kind of a, a hurt box on the tip of his gun so that you can technically slash people with it if you're too close. Mm-hmm. But golly, the way I've been playing lately, I've gone to a couple of tournaments. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, no. Uh, the first one I went to, I did beat all of the friends that I went with. Like, as in I got further. We didn't actually face off. Hmm. But all of the other ones, I just... I get wiped on the floor. Oh, yeah. I've been to a few conventions, and there have been Smash Brothers tournaments there, and... Those are actual Smash Brothers players. I'm just some schlub who knows about dodge rolling. <laughs> I would consider myself a lot better than I was when we first started playing Smash. I mean, obviously, we were actual children. I wonder which one of us would win nowadays. I, I get the feeling it's probably going to be you. Most likely. I'm not trying to... I'm not even going to flatter myself. I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I've had significantly more practice. Uh, meanwhile, I just kind of improvise in every fight ever <laughs> i mean there is some credence to be given to the the improvisational nature of newer players can throw some practiced people off because when you're practiced and you go up against someone who is practiced then you know what kind of combos they can pull off with that character but if you're going against someone new you have no idea what they're gonna do oh yeah there's actually a saying that's kind of going along those lines i heard somewhere it was like the best swordsman doesn't fear the second best swordsman he fears the worst swordsman i could see that it make it goes along perfectly so you're more into ness and banjo these days yeah those are my go-to's usually ness though i'm hard pressed to switch through a whole night of smashing with my friends me though i I'm, I'm the opposite i'll just have a different character every time because there's like 80 characters now i feel like i gotta use i gotta i gotta validate their existence but get your money's worth i mean there are some i still tend to avoid i, I still gravitate towards the same few characters but there's no one true main anymore i mean my friends and i have this game where we we have one fight of our main guys and whoever wins stays as that character until they're beaten, and the other person just rotates throughout their entire roster until they beat us. Sounds kind of like Smashdown, but homebrewed a bit. But then they have to stay as that character until I can beat them again, but I can't be the... You can't repeat a character until that character has been defeated, and then... Make sense? Uh, kind of. Yeah, but, uh... The point of that is I'm better at a lot more characters than I thought I was. Yeah. Well, the game is designed to be really intuitive so that... It's very user-friendly. I'm a huge fan. So you, you play as Banjo. Do you, do you have all the DLC or just 
Did you just get Banjo? All the DLC. Okay, me too, because why wouldn't I? Right. Gotta know what you're going up against. Well, also gotta play as Banjo. And... Oh, you need Banjo. Yeah. And since... Sans. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sans. <laughs> I, 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 I got that just for the song. <laughs> Same for Cuphead. Well, I don't blame you. They're great. They slap, as the kids say these days. Well, I was talking about Persona 5 earlier, so I also tend to be a big fan, or stan, as the kids say, of Joker. I like playing as Joker a lot. I didn't know for a long time that you can change the color of the stage just by picking different musics. Oh yeah, that was in. That was actually in the trailer, but I guess you didn't see that. No, I was too let down that it was Joker. <laughs> oh, but the, the change in colors, that, that just turns it all around. Suddenly it's worth it. <laughs> that was my mind being blown. Yeah, after Joker, I was like, you know what? Joker happened. I don't really particularly care too much about the rest of the DLC. But then Banjo happens, and I was like, okay, now I really don't care about the rest of the DLC. Playing Hero is just playing with items on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched... Like, uh, okay, maybe it's not fair because Alpha Red is also a professional Smash Brothers guy, but he just makes Hero break the game over his knee. It's crazy, the stuff Hero can do. But there is some luck to it, and you also have to have good reading comprehension, like read the entire menu in the heat of a moment, and I've always been a pretty slow reader. My friends have openly admitted that they'll just down B and then just select the first one. And that can work, unless you know what to expect. Right. I feel like they should kind of soften him up a little bit, but also it's Dragon Quest, which is practically sacred in japan so it was like the jrpg it defined the genre shoot even zelda takes cues out of their book oh i think more things take cues than don't correct that would be a better statement oh speaking of zelda link this is the first smash brothers well no i guess there's the first one since melee where i like using adult link there's some pretty crazy tech stuff you can get into with link uh, what I do like about all the different links is that their bombs are all different. Like, you wouldn't expect right out the gate, but... Well, well I get I get it for regular Link. How do Young Link and Toon Link change their bombs? Uh, Toon Links explode on contact. Young Link, they're more, like, timed. Oh. Uh, you were saying you enjoy Adult Link more. Yeah. I just... I, I, I couldn't tell you if it was any, like, technical reason, like, he feels better or anything, because I'm not that kind of Smash Brothers player, but it's just, it's just more fun than usual. I get that. I'm kind of torn between liking and hating Lucas. Uh. I mean, Luke... he's different in some really good ways, but... Lucas is just kind of there for me. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, we are now... Or at least I'm now looking up at my Amiibo collection to see if any character stirs discussion. Great podcast we we got going here, huh? Uh, okay, I guess that's that's enough for Smash Brothers for now. We we gone whole ten like ten minutes on it. Uh, so Luigi's Mansion Three, you said you have that game. Yeah. Uh, I I played that game. I beat it. Oh really? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I go as far as to say it might even be the best one. That's not the first time I've heard that sentiment, actually. I've heard a lot of great things about this game. Yeah. I remember I did a 
October episode long ago comparing the first two Luigi's Mansions because, of course, I would do that episode then. Right. And I felt like the games were an apple and an orange. You can't really say one is too much better than the other, but most of the internet seems to prefer the first game. Why can't you compare fruits? It's illegal. Oh, okay. But Luigi's Mansion 3, it's agreed upon that it takes the the best of both worlds, I think. Ah, uh, I can't get over the designs of the ghosts. Something about the first one, they just all stuck out to me more. They weren't so bland and... Now, do you mean the portrait ghosts or the minion ghosts? Because... The minion ghosts, for sure. Because, uh... I'm looking over at that Luigi's Mansion poster I have in the back for the first game, and I, I don't know. They, I, I guess they do kind of stick out a bit better than the later Yeah, they games. all look the same. Uh, those grabber ghosts from Luigi's Mansion 1 that they all look like now is kind of dumb. I don't think they all look like that. Like, have, they, you, have you seen the ghosts in the other games lately? Well... Again, I haven't gone that far into Luigi's Mansion 3. Well, the, well, they do take more after the second game, I'll grant you that. But the second game, they're a lot more stylized and exaggerated in their shapes. While in the first game, they all look pretty similar to each other. Like the like the blue ones are just kind of like fatter orange ghosts. and They've got bigger eyes. They've got, uh, they're taller. They've got that little like uh, yeah, alfalfa. They're... But they're the same general idea. They're well, just... yeah, there are both ghosts. You yeah, can but, only do so much. But, but in Luigi's Mansion 2, the green ones look kind of like roundish, while the red ones are like big balls, and then you've got these pencil-thin blue ones. <laughs> I, As little as I've played of Luigi's Mansion 3, I've played less of Dark Moon. Well, uh, anyway, Luigi's Mansion 3 is... The thing is, it takes place in the same building again, and it's one continuous game, it's not a bunch of missions, but the hotel's layout makes it feel a bit more like a compromise between the mission and biome layout, but still keeping it all connected. I could see that, plus adding more floors, that's just more game. It kind of stretches the imagination a little bit, because it's like... Okay, now how does this fit into the mansion? Seriously, like, we should have passed this floor on the way to the other floor with how tall it goes. Nintendo logic. Nintendo ghost logic. It's even crazier than just Nintendo logic. And in uh, Luigi's Mansion fashion, I will say that the final boss was very annoying. I beat it by luck. Cool, I know nothing about it. There's there's no real surprise to the final boss. I'm just... It's in the advertising... <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's been a minute since I've seen that, too, so... What other games have been on your mind lately? Uh, let me take a look real quick. At all my games? I mean, if I have it, odds are you have it, too. Possibly. Uh, there's an indie game I've been liking called Heave Ho. I've not heard of that. What is it? It's a kind of a puzzle game. You play with up to four players, mm -hmm. and you're just this little ball but with arms and using the trigger buttons you can grab with those hands and you gotta like fling yourself across these uh different increasingly treacherous levels didn't they have a game like that called getting over it getting over it. getting over it with uh bennett foddy yeah so. uh 
it's kind of the same idea, but I think it's a lot more lighthearted and goofy. I I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know the tone of either game. Cool music, too. Hmm. How about Alundra 2? Have you thought about that in a minute? <laughs> uh, actually, kind of, but not not extensively. That's... That 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 takes me back. That was an unexpected, really good game. How did we come up? Like, okay, for context, this is an action RPG for the PlayStation One. It's the sequel to a game called Alundra, even though it has nothing in common, and it's just one of those games that's just like burned into our memory. It just sticks out. Uh, you play as Flint, and you're a pirate hunter, but it's like a hmm. Well, I said it's an action RPG. Yeah. It's like this weirdly steampunk, but also medieval world. Uh, I don't know if it's medieval exactly, but... Well, there's a king. Well, well, there are kings nowadays. Okay, but these are like classic kings with crowns and capes. It's it's a fantasy world, is probably the best way to say it. There's magic. The game really has a big shift in tone like halfway through it oh it has a shift in tone all the time i mean yeah but uh this probably was some of our first exposure to some more gruesome ideas without ever going too far with it it was a really cool game yeah we we could probably we probably could have done an episode dedicated to that if we thought about it in time probably every time I go on my walks. Uh, one of our neighbors across the street has this driveway off to the side that leads up into a garage, and I look at that garage and I just hear music from the game because I had a Wonder 2 on the mind when we used to play together. That sense recall is crazy. It takes you right back. Yeah. How did we find a Wonder 2 anyway? I'm pretty sure it was our dad. Yeah, it had to be, because that was back when he did video games. I don't know, I'd have to ask him. Mm. I mean, it's in that weird vein with... Hey, Dad! How do you find... It's in that weird vein with uh, Breath of Fire 3, mm. and... Uh... Oh, what was the other one? It was a weird PlayStation 1 game. You don't think of Valkyrie Profile, are you? That's the one. Oh yeah, Valkyrie Profile, that also takes me back. I actually... Oh my gosh, it's been, like, five years since I played that. All I remember about it, uh, there is this one jerk that, okay, you play as a Valkyrie and you collect the souls of dead warriors, and I just remember that there was this one jerk that kept swearing up and down, and Dad just didn't want to deal with him, so he (laughs) leveled him immediately and just sent him on his way. Oh yeah, bad rack. Bad rack, that was it. I played the whole game... Uh, just like five years ago, which feels a lot more recent than it actually was, and 2015. Yeah, and I was I was actually, despite all the times you and Dad played it when we were growing up, I was the one to finish the game first. You finished it? Yeah, I even showed you, and then you were like, "Okay, cool, I gotta go somewhere," because <laughs> like I was keeping you from going on a date. I don't know what you were doing. 2015. Yeah, probably. Uh. I remember John had a pretty cool story. 
It's probably pronounced June. Most likely. It's like, hey, babe, I'm sorry I was late, but did you see Valkyrie Profile? <laughs> Arngrim is basically their mascot. Oh, yeah, he's Discount Guts from Berserk. And uh, the maze. The maze? With, like, the plants. Oh, yeah, one of the levels in the game in the hard route was a this abandoned facility with a bunch of vines and stuff. I played the game on normal mode i think so i didn't get some of those dungeons it was brutal yeah valkyrie profile is kind of like as far as i i'm aware it's one of those in the know games where if someone knows about that game they're probably at least a little cool it's a really well fleshed out game the music is unbelievable we had the soundtrack didn't we oh yeah it's uh probably oh yeah there it is you just it's right there <laughs> yeah it's on my shelf golly motoi sakuraba good one you can just pull that name out well i i had to look at his name a lot when i was doing uh playlists for the college radio i did oh right yeah that taught me a lot about different musical artists a bit always or at least their to, names always good to expand your horizons a little bit hmm? uh what was the other game i mentioned breath of fire 3 breath of fire 3 Oh, yeah. That one was really, really long. It kind of was. And then there's a whole other half of the game where your main character is grown up that we hardly ever saw, really. Uh, no, we got... Well, when, when our dad played the game, he got, I'd say, maybe two-thirds of the way through the adult section of the game. Yeah, then he just kind of stopped. Yeah, because this one boss was too hard. I mean, he's been the first one to admit it on many occasions. He's not the best at video games. Yeah, but it's it's kind of interesting because, again, Valkyrie Profile, there was this giant headless knight boss who I could have sworn was voiced by Tim Curry, but no, no, it wasn't. Isn't he also in the sequel? The character is, but... Yeah, that's what I... Back, back to the point, you fight this boss and... He uses a big fire spell, and you have to beat him twice in a row, and he gave Dad so much trouble. So, as prepared as I was, I was still nervous to fight him five years ago when I played the game. And then he was just like, oh, okay. I remember uh, Brahms kept wiping the floor with him. Oh, yeah. You're not technically supposed to beat Brahms, I think. If you're not, it's not until way later well, when you can like collect him and put him in your party. Yeah, that's that's in kind of like the post-game hard mode dungeon. Yeah. But he did not get to that. The super crazy difficult part of the hard great, hard route. It's more like a bonus level than anything. It doesn't really affect canon, and you access it from the title menu, so you don't even go there from the world. I mean, it's still pretty cool to finally whoop out all these huge people that gave you so much trouble. Oh yeah, like Lazard. Lazard. What a... What a simp. <laughs> I remember... Lazard is this character... With glasses... And one of his character talk portraits was him... Pushing up his glasses like I just demonstrated that none of you can see. And... It's the one finger anime push up. Well, yeah, but like on, over the front of his face. And, instead of the side of his face. Uh... 
And you, when you saw his portrait for the first time, he was like, look, Alex, it's you. Because that was in a phase of my life where I, I was like compulsively smiling a lot. So I had to cover my mouth so people wouldn't know I was smiling. So you thought he was doing that. <laughs> and uh, I was a little disturbed to be compared to Lazard. I mean, looking at his character now, it's a lot more of an insult. Uh, <laughs> his main driving force was to make like, living dolls, wasn't it? His main driving force was to marry the Valkyrie and like, be together with her. But what was with all the homunculi? Well, he actually explained it over the course of the story. It's been a hot minute, you know. Well, I was about to explain it. Please do. Well, because as she was now, her body wasn't really capable of growing and developing and being more powerful than certain max level but Odin the all-father of Valhalla just like in the myths his body could grow and develop because he had some elf heritage or something so Lazard made a homunculus that was at least part elf and he took it by kidnapping an elf and kind of somehow reverse engineering her body into being a blank slate which is horrifying oh for sure but later in the game Valkyrie is kind of in need of a body, and there just happens to be a homunculus nearby. Trying to make gods with chemical sciences. That's not how it works, but it also is, you know? Yeah, Lazard is a creep. Word. And then they bring him back in the sequel as a party member. He's like, oh, he's, he's, he's really nice in this world. I wonder what happened. And then he's worse. He looks a lot younger in the sequel. I'd chalk that up to art style more than anything. It was... Also, that weird stage where 3D wasn't really, like, at its peak. Uh, it was the PlayStation 2. I, I, I've, I've looked at footage of the game since then, and it looks alright. I mean, I'll grant you, the graphics were great on the PlayStation 2. But compared to these movies that we get that are oh, charades, yeah. charaded around as games. Do you mean paraded around? Probably. Do you remember Heimdall by any chance? No. Well, in Norse mythology, he guards Bifrost, the rainbow bridge, into Valhalla. Mm -hmm. And in Valkyrie Profile 2, he's the boss that you have to beat up to get into Valhalla. Right. And right after that, there's a salesman in Valhalla. Like, right right in the doorway, practically. What? <laughs> and Heimdall was really whooping my dad, so... When when we when I watched him get through that part, we just saw the salesman and we we're like, How did that guy get past? Like oh. oh yeah, Heimdall, he sure was tough, am I right, guys? Clearly anyone that gets into Valhalla has vanquished the Guardian of the Rainbow Bridge. Well, turns out there's actually there actually was an explanation for why he was there and it's a lot less funny than what we imagined. He probably got a work visa or something, I don't know. Well he was actually just the soul of a dead merchant, so he just got into Valhalla oh. for free. I thought Valhalla, you had to be a warrior. I I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe he had a six-pack that we didn't notice. Hey, who knows? He he was just sick of fighting his whole life. So like, hey, I'm just going to sell some crap. And it's just, just make an honest living. And then suddenly his cousin called him to ask him to go bowling, and one thing led to another. Man, those bowling trips, they, they really kill jokes, don't they? I was going for a Grand Theft Auto joke, but okay. <laughs> I thought you might have maybe got that one. Oh, not at all. Uh, 
What other games do we remember? Uh, Mario Baseball. That is a game that exists. It yeah. was surprisingly lit. Like the first one. Yeah, we didn't play much of the second one, even though we... Do we still have it? Yeah, but that oh, was... Oh, yeah, there it is. It was just more like a... It's more Mario Baseball. I don't know, it just didn't feel as adventurous, you know? Adventurous. Mario Baseball. Try it. Enjoy it. Maybe sell it. <laughs> we got that on the same year that we got Nicktoons Unite. Oh, Nicktoons Unite. Which we kind of talked about in, like, your first guest episode about how we're, like, one of the three people... That have played it. Yeah. I remember that. But, yeah, we are one of the three people. We're a hive mind now. Uh, Nicktoons Unite, that spawned an entire franchise... Did it really? Yeah, they made a sequel that sucked. And they made a couple more games that varied in quality. I know Battle for Bikini Bottom is getting a reboot. Oh yeah, that's a thing that's happening. That I'm sorry, a rehydration. <laughs> you don't you don't get that a lot or ever, really. Uh we're in the unique age where nostalgia can start being marketed to us because we have money. So we're just about to be sold our past for the rest of our lives oh yeah probably like like bug fables is this indie game that's kind of following in the shadows of the first two paper mario games because we want those now in the wake of nintendo's other ideas i don't think i would go so far as to say that nintendo's lost touch no it's just it, like you get this like bloodstained is well okay that's that's not entirely fair because that's made by the same guy but uh, a hat in time is very similar to like the platformer collectathon games of old it's not made by any of them but like if you look at it you can tell they were influenced by it they're also influenced by a lot of gamecube era nintendo games mm -hmm. but what i do really respect about nintendo is they don't try to strike gold twice <laughs> like sometimes it really works for them but sometimes they really should have stuck with it. Uh, it's definitely an artistic decision. Here's a... Well, speaking of trying to strike twice, today, as we're recording this, is not only our mother's birthday, but it's also the 10th anniversary of Super Mario Galaxy 2. Neat, which means a few days ago was the 10th anniversary of when I chipped my front teeth in half. And, uh... That's related, right? That's probably why we got a galaxy too no we got it on my birthday screw your birthday it's about me <laughs> my birthday isn't even for a couple more months <laughs> like we were gonna get it on the day it came out but then we couldn't we like sh sh i remember our mom came home she decided to like randomly gift us some games she got you metal gear solid 3 she got me, WarioWare Smooth Moves, which kind of says something about how mature she sees you compared to me. Well, Smooth Moves is a great game. I don't think I would discount it that quickly. <laughs> you get hours of entertainment out of it. Oh, that. yeah, it's a fine game. It's just real tonal whiplash here. <laughs> but while she gave us those games, she also gave us pre-order receipts like for you was metal gear peace walker there's a theme here with him for me it was mario galaxy 2 but then both of those fell through especially because we didn't have the system for peace walker no i've still never played it 
I, I think you can play it on later era PlayStations now with like Metal Gear Collection compilation games. I am confident at this point that you've played more Metal Gear than I have. I've just played Metal Gear Rising, I swear. Not Peace Walker, not Five, not Phantom Pain. I, I, I've watched those games being played, but I, I haven't played any of them. Well, I guess that would. You're right. Not. I, I've I've been meaning to actually play two and three, but I just never really do it. Or they're pretty fun. They've got great stories. The third one's the best by far, as far as I know. And I've played the fourth one. In which Snake gets hot-pocketed. <laughs> That's another game that I've been meaning to bring you in to discuss, but then I just don't for some reason. MGS4, it's been a while. Well, I mean, well, any of the Metal Gears now that I think of it. Takes place in 2014, right? Yeah, and that was the year we played. Well, you played it. Yeah. I bought it for you, and uh, that was around the time I got the PlayStation 3 so that I could play a Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why we ended up not being able to get Mario Galaxy 2. I'm guessing it was just money or something. Probably. But then we got it on my birthday, and then instead of actually playing the game, we had to go watch Despicable Me in theaters. <laughs> I know uh, a few years prior, I got the first one on my birthday. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that worked out. It was like one was a birthday, the other was a birthday. I'll be honest, between the two, I'm more into the first game these days. I feel like it's a better experience overall. I would agree, but I really dig the aesthetics and the, the galaxies from the second game. Oh yeah, the two definitely has a lot of... It definitely struck gold a lot of times, but... Well, I feel... I, I did the whole episode on this, actually, is that I feel like two is around the point the Mario series kind of started to lose itself a bit. Like, It, it wasn't really blatant right away but you could see the signs in galaxy 2 yeah you, it there were some red flags there for sure uh, how they were kind of less focused on story how a lot of things are taken a little less seriously a lot of people would say they didn't really find their way again until odyssey i could see that but i don't think odyssey really has a hard-hitting story no it's more about the scope of everything and how it has a lot of fresh concepts like the globe-trotting adventure and kind of recreating different landmarks of real life with all these weird new characters you've never seen before, like the realistic humans and the little Calavera people. You want to say that word again real quick? Calavera? What's that? That's Spanish for skull. Oh, I was going to bring up the uh, Luncheon Kingdom citizens. Oh yeah, the unforgettable Luncheon Kingdom. They're so cute, though. Plus, that's how you get to uh, Peach's Castle early, well, if you can make the jump. I've heard the portraits kind of change based on which kingdom you go to in what order. I think they're the same every time. Or or maybe well, maybe that one stays the same, I don't know. I know. I just know that it's possible to go from that far-off island to the mainland. It's just, of course, not easy. Yeah, uh, you told me a few episodes ago about Small Ant 1, and I've I've been watching him kind of on my own time, and like that game just gets... 
he, he can just break Odyssey over his knee if I can use the same turn of phrase twice in the same episode. The movement in that game is incredible. Plus, Mario just sounds like he's having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably like Odyssey more than Galaxy 2, but still less than Galaxy 1. And I played Galaxy 1 right before I played Odyssey. I'm not that big a fan of Galaxy 1. What's wrong with it? Nothing. It's just, you know, it just, it's all the same. What do you mean it's all the same? Uh... I'm sorry, how many games before have you played with the gravity gimmicks? You got me. It was definitely revolutionary. I just didn't dig the aesthetics as much as I did the second one. Well, the second one is kind of more of a sky motif going for it. Yeah, rather than a galaxy. You know, you know, more than space, but I feel like that kind of detracts from Galaxy 2 a bit because that makes it... A Super sp- Mario Sky 2. Yeah, it makes it look like we're not really in space as much. More like we're on some funky platforms in midair. I think it's pretty cool, though. It's got some good music, as always. Nintendo always gets good music. Oh, yeah, that's that, that that's rarely a complaint in Mario games. Right. Uh, have you ever played any of the Fire Emblem games? Yeah, Smash Brothers Melee. <laughs> it was Roy's debut. <laughs> Oh, well, well, you also played Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS and Smash Brothers Ultimate. Were those debuts for characters? Well, no. Then but... there's spinoffs. <laughs> Though technically, as far as North America is concerned, Corrin did appear as a DLC character in Smash Brothers 4 like a week before Fire Emblem Fates came out, but that's only in North America and Corrin was already a known character anyway. This was when we had the internet when like back then we didn't know like what's a roy plus i was less willing to drop some cash on dlc back then i would recommend fire emblem three houses but it's it's a really lengthy game i don't know if i could do that to you i've heard a lot of good things about it oh yeah it, it, it's really good it's just really long right and there are four story modes yikes and the story branch diverts more or less at the beginning, so you'd have to do the beginning every time anyway. Right, right. Like, one of the story paths is, like, halfway through one of the other ones, so I'd say maybe it's more like three and a half story modes. I don't know. That does sound really complicated. Yeah, and each story mode kind of takes its own time, because as a strategy game, you've got to think about stuff, and then you've also got to, like, mess around in the monastery hub for making sure you get all your affairs in order by the time the time skip happens and stuff like that. It's a really good game, but I know it would hurt you to, like, with your schedule to ask anything of you to play that. Golly, I don't know. (laughs) It's probably a game you could watch played by someone else, like uh, Joe Zija, one of the actors of the main characters. He, like, on his YouTube channel, you could just watch him play the character that you could watch him play the route where he teams up with the character that he voices because of course he would <laughs> that sounds pretty neat yeah also joe Zeej is just a cool guy <laughs> all right do you think we've talked enough for one episode do you want to keep going or... i think this will quell the masses got a good 40 or so minutes depending on how long it is after you cut it down yeah that's true all right well 
thanks for coming over. As always, thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. Except for you, Bill. You know who you are. (laughs) It's okay, Bill. Anthony just doesn't understand. Oh, that's what you think. If you like the BitCast, be sure to follow it on Twitter and to follow it on Podcast One's website and mobile app. And I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.